0: I can't say that we skipped fall. We had a nice fall. But all of a sudden, it's winter in November.
1: Welcome to Longleaf Breeze. Subsistence farmers using three simple principles, approaching but never reaching subsistence. It's got to be fun while we're doing it, and we don't make all misstatements. And now, Lee and Amanda Borden. Thanks, Adrian, and welcome to our podcast of November the 20th as we prepare for Thanksgiving. We're accustomed to November being a dry month and being a cool month, not cold, but cool. Well, all bets are off this month because we have had this Arctic blast that has affected the rest of the country, too. Uh, for us here in central Alabama, it meant that yesterday morning the temperature got down to 18 and stayed there for a couple of hours. It was not a brief flirtation.
0: Right. Luckily, we, we took some precautions with uh, some of our sensitive vegetables and uh, trees and that kind of thing before before that happened. But it was pretty cold, pretty nippy.
1: And that was the climax of a string of days here of very cold weather, including last night. You know, we had a cold night last night. and But it's gradually warming now so that we will um, end up with temperatures climbing on up to the high 60s by the weekend.
0: That will be welcome. I look forward to that. <laughs> but, you know, we knew uh, last week we had... Um, a problem with our heat. Well, not a problem, but it was just a natural thing. It was going down below freezing. And I pulled the heat-loving veg, uh, the the um, nightshades, peppers, eggplants, and tomatoes. But this was like a second blast, as you said, of, of cold air, of even colder air, actually. So um, we got, I had, I had some other precautions I had to take. I had to, um, oh, and by the way, harvested the peas last week, too, uh, before the first round of, of freezing temperatures but um
1: yeah i think we made the most of the heat loving veg we were able to harvest all of the fruit that was remaining out there before any of it got any real damage it
0: re- we really did and also um most of the persimmons but we'll talk about that in a minute well um, let's go
1: ahead i okay. just well, yeah, I, um
0: because b- before we talk about what didn't look good after the fruit okay. freeze okay
1: uh we had already harvested the last of the muscadines and we intentionally left two persimmons on the tree just to see if they could make it through I guess that would have been Wednesday night um, to no I'm sorry Tuesday night to see if they could make it through the 25 degree temperatures and they did Um, and that was a big reveal for us because you know, I'm not saying that we would leave gobs of persimmons on the tree if we were expecting 25 degrees, but it does mean if it's going down to, say, 27 or so, we're probably fine. Yes. And that was great to know. Uh, Now, we did go ahead and pull them on Wednesday because Wednesday night was when it went down so low to 18, Mm -hmm. and we pretty much knew they couldn't take that.
0: Actually, I thought you Pulled it Tuesday morning because you took it to the Master Gardener meeting and showed off.
1: You're right. It was (laughs) Tuesday morning when I pulled them because we knew Tuesday night it was going down to 18. And when I say you showed... we knew it was going down really cold.
0: Right. And when I say you showed off, you were able to... It was kind of a show and tell. Hey, this persimmon weathered 25 degree temperatures.
1: Yeah, I was really proud to be able to share that with our Master Gardener friends.
0: Right, because several of them have gotten those Asian persimmon trees too. And and
1: have planted them, but most of them are not quite so far along as ours. So we're able to stand at the bow of their ship and say, this is what you can look forward to.
0: And it is a lot to look forward to. But um, overall, I was pleased with how things looked out on Veg Hill, Um, I mean, as, as expected. The plants, the pea plants, the tomato plants, the pepper plants, and the uh, um, eggplant plants bit the dust. But I went out after that first wave of cold came through. I guess that was Sunday and Monday. Well, the first one. Okay. And I was a little worried about the uh, broccoli because of all the brassicas that I at least... Some of them, cauliflower is probably in the same boat, but honestly, it didn't look as bad as the broccoli. Of all of them, it is a little bit more sensitive to...
1: It meaning broccoli.
0: It meaning broccoli, to temperatures below 26. Well, you know, the night it went down to 25, I had left it uncovered, and I could see some damage to some of the foliage. Um, However, there are some beautiful... Broccoli heads. I mean, the best I've ever had. I sitting agree. On... <laughs> they're looking great. They're big and um, they're doing fine. The the fruit itself weathered the freeze just fine, um, but the leaves and and I had read, you know, it, um, if it's, it gets too cold, too much of a hard freeze, it can kill the plant. Didn't want to take a chance. So then Wednesday night. No, I'm sorry, Tuesday night. I'm getting my nights mixed up. Tuesday night, the night that it was supposed to go down to 18. Actually, we didn't know it was... We
1: didn't know how cold it was going to get. We just knew it was going to get much colder. It was predicted
0: to 19, I think. We were preparing for that. But anyway, we took the frost blanket out and put it over... um, 11
1: and 15.
0: 11 and 15, which um, one of them had broccoli and cauliflower, and the other one had broccoli and Brussels sprouts. Well, Brussels sprouts are a little hardier um, in those colder temps, but... They're in the same bed with the broccoli, so we just popped that uh, frost blanket over that whole bed, and the one that had kale and um, cauliflower and, and broccoli, and oh, kale is also very hardy, by the way. It's one yeah, of the
1: kale would have been fine. It, it and was that's, fine. We have learned a valuable lesson. Next time, I I suspe- I I I'm sure you will be a little more attentive to planting the hardiest brassicas together,
0: all in one bed, right? And yeah. the
1: more tender brassicas like cauliflower and broccoli together so that we can be more focused about what we cover and what right. we don't. And,
0: and one reason I've never had to worry about that before is we've never had to cover them. It's just we've never, you yeah, know, because you're right. we just haven't had... I think the well, difference is... The, broccoli's I think the difference usually
1: is, done by the time the really cold weather hits.
0: Well, that's one explanation. But what I was going to say is I think the difference is This broccoli had gotten used to warmer weather. It was, you know, it had been typical fall pattern, and all of a sudden it got clobbered with the cold, and it wasn't ready for it. It it just hadn't had a chance to get adjusted. Yeah, I
1: think that's a reasonable uh, guess on your part, and I would tend to agree with it. Normally, you like your brassicas to get several nights of, you know, high twenties low 30s to sort of get adjusted to the whole idea of freezing, well, we went from lows in the high 30s and low 40s right on down to 18 degrees in a matter of a week or a week and a half, and that's just not enough time for them to adjust.
0: Really, even less when you think of in between, we had had some fairly warm days. Like, what was it, Sunday night that it was in the 50s? Yeah. And then the next night, bam. So um, I think that's one thing that can, that, that played havoc with it in ways that I had not seen in the past, even during the wintertime when I've had broccoli out there, I've just not had to cover it before.
1: But to tie a string around it, those beds where we did use the frost blanket, 11 and 15, the frost blanket did a great job. It really did. They look so nice and there's almost no sign of damage. You know, that was our experience before when we used the frost blanket for a deep, hard freeze. It really seems to do its job.
0: Right. No sign of new damage. The damage that was already done. Sure. But, yeah. Uh, and some of the collards. Collards are supposed to be real champs too, and they can take extremely cold temperatures. But again, I think it's because of the sudden nature of that freeze coming through, that intense freeze, that um, we do I, have some damage on, damage on the collards. To those. Yeah. But I think everybody's going to recover just yeah, fine. Yeah, not
1: mortal damage, <laughs> but you can tell they've been nipped. Yeah. Now, what you can't see any damage at all on are the strawberries and the arugula.
0: I know. That's just
1: amazing to me. The strawberries just look as happy as they can be. And your arugula, I, I guess it's just going, it, it's like roaches. It's just going to continue being happy no matter what the weather is. <laughs> um You say
0: roaches because you don't like arugula. That's right. I love it.
1: Exactly. So we've got, uh, I think that's the picture we're using for the podcast this week. You'll see it on the show notes page. Um, And you'll be able to see over your shoulder those um, forlorn carcasses of the beans and peas and peppers and tomatoes and so forth.
0: I've just gotten started, you know, because I didn't want to go out in that really cold weather yesterday. Uh, or Tuesday, but I just, I've just i just gotten started pulling carcasses down. So I got the peas down today, and then, um, I mean, I'm sorry, I got the peas down Wednesday, and then um, I still have more. In fact, I looked at it, and I thought, I, I almost have so many um, dead plants, and normally I, they're not diseased. I put them right into the compost. I think I'm going to be overflowing the compost this year.
1: <laughs> I, I wonder, because it's piled pretty high now. The chickens seem to be doing fine. I went out and checked on them today, and they're fine. The chicks are uh, doing well. They're We call them the chicks, although they're looking a lot less like chicks and more like young chickens now.
0: They're pullets.
1: Um, they pull-its. are well warmed with their um, heat lamp in the shop, and they seem to be doing well. Although you noticed today that their water bottle was empty.
0: Yes, so they're drinking a lot of water. I refilled it immediately. I mean, I think they're fine. But, yes, they had gone through the water. Yeah,
1: As far as we're concerned, the two of us, we're grateful as we always are this time of year for the wood stove. It just keeps us so toasty and I know. comfortable.
0: It gets cozy. And, you know, at night, though, once that fire goes out, it cools down rather quickly in here.
1: Yeah, we'll go to bed with the temperature around 74, 75, sometimes as high as 77, 78 and by the time we wake up in the morning, um, generally 67 or so.
0: but I sleep well. I mean I, I don't I've yet to be cold at night and all I'm using is a sheet and a quilt and that's it and I'm and I usually sleep in short sleeves or a you know some a lightweight long sleeve um, shirt and and um, pajama pants. I mean it's not anything. I don't need to, you know, even a, even a down comforter. I mean, I haven't needed that, even with that temperature.
1: Yeah, we've mentioned before that before we moved in here, we had visions of using various categories of of heavy comforters, depending on what season it was and so forth. Haven't needed to mess with that at all because we just use the wood stove to keep it toasty and
0: comfortable. It is nice, I know. Well, let's talk a little bit about what we think is going to happen when when real winter gets here, the actual winter that's supposed to be taking place after December twenty first.
1: <laughs> and you had talked to one of your friends who had heard, oh, this is going to be an unusually severe winter.
0: Right, Farmers Almanac. I mean, there's several sources probably predicting that, but um, and and last winter was so you know we we had every reason to think it might be. But now, you and I went online and checked the NOAA weather service, and they had a slightly different prediction, didn't they?
1: They did. NOAA predicts the winter to be normal in our area of the country, not particularly cold, not particularly warm, with uh, slightly above average precipitation. So Mm -hmm. uh, that's all we know to expect. And uh, we tend to trust the NOAA weather site more than we trust farmers almanac or what we heard on the news or whatever so
0: well just because it's i guess they're using the ultimate you know instrumentation for predicting weather patterns and even they can be wrong who knows of course
1: yeah this this is um a very inexact science it is a science but it's inexact and we understand that
0: yeah
1: um Back to the orchard, it appears that for yet another year, the figs are going to get clobbered. Now, I suspect that when the figs come back in the spring, they will They will have died back to the ground and need to grow up again. Oh, and that's, and that's been our experience for the last four winters, I guess. Yeah, we just um,
0: can't seem to get on the fig wagon, can we? <laughs> yeah, and,
1: and, and that doesn't mean we're not getting figs. They're bearing better each year because their root structure is developing and more and more mature. And they're coming back each more quickly and in a more robust way each year. So it's not like there's no progress. But they are dying back to the ground each year and having to grow from the ground um, to come up. So... It just seems like we we can never uh, stay alive from one winter to the next.
0: Oh well, someday we'll have figs enough to, and maybe enough to make fig preserves in my lifetime. I hope so.
1: (laughs) Now I think you said that uh, you had visited with Maria at some point, Maria uh, Pacheco West, who uh, at Lanark, right? Who told us that winters like this, where the hard cold freeze comes suddenly may have the effect of limiting some of the bugs
0: well she wasn't specifically talking about it coming suddenly but she did say that when there was a severe winter she noticed fewer bugs okay so um and she was saying that's the good thing the only good thing about a severe winter
1: here's my hope that it may also bring about an end to the wasps and the beetles that keep dying on our porches. Right. Surely this will be enough to yes. bring them down yes. for good.
0: And, and one thing I was saying to you the other day about the nature of this, really, you know, the sudden nature of this freeze is that perhaps I'm not an entomologist. I have no idea, but I'm just throwing it, throwing it out there that perhaps... Some of the stink bugs, at whatever stage they are now, got caught off guard, and you know, um, a sudden freeze may be more damaging to them. I could be wrong, but th- I'm hopeful of that. We're hopeful. Yes, because and and it's true that um, there are all kinds of, uh, I guess, viruses, and um, it's not. In other words, it's not just insects. It's uh, there are all kinds of um, diseases that can be also destroyed more readily by um, freezing temperatures so and and people like me with allergies allergens are usually much uh, less of a problem if you can have a nice cold winter so there would be some advantages if it is severe it's just that after going down to 18 degrees and and having it finally warm back up a little i think i'd rather have the more moderate temperatures
1: and you know one thing that occurred to me and i haven't mentioned this to you but you you can't have a conversation about the severity of the winter in this breezy manner we just have done without pausing to remember those people who have suffered and are continuing to suffer in some of the colder states. Yes. Where, you know, we've had people die. You're right. We've had people who have lost their power, probably people who are without their power right now. Um, it's a brutal cold wave that has passed through the country yes it is the severity we're shielded from it just by being in the south rather than being in minnesota or whatever um so we stop and 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 recognize that we are blessed here
0: right and our our thoughts and prayers go out to those who have been so adversely affected by this sudden uh, wave of cold um but on that note we at least have to be optimistic that there's a warming trend and um, at least for a while we can all settle back in
1: so have a good week as you prepare for thanksgiving and our next podcast will be published on thanksgiving day and i bet it will be what makes us thankful have a good week you've been listening to longleaf breeze
0: with lee and amanda borden you can call the farm at 334-625-8682. Send email to letters at longleafbreeze.com. Our address is P.O. Box 780-446, Alabama,
1: 36078. Visit us at longleafbreeze.com to learn more about the farm, to browse our archive, and to look over our planting database. You can also read the daily farm log and check in with Lee and Amanda. That's longleafbreeze.com.